following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of eat sleep list your home for list making right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com my name is matt johnson one of your hosts and today via zoom i am joined by my good friend my pal um i actually you know what i'm a little heated with him right now because he beat me in two fantasy leagues this week uh, so there's the tension is high uh, on today's episode, but my good friend, uh, nonetheless, Mr. Daniel Torres. Dan, how you doing? <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up out of respect at all. Listen, I've already I already told you separately, privately, <laughs> that wins it for me should also be considered wins for you because you've taught me everything I know about fantasy football thus far. So <laughs> I drafted and have been doing my research good based on the things you've taught me. So, you know, you have to be the best to beat the best. And it's just I, I hope I continue on that trail. But it was an, it was all love either way, buddy. I can't believe I actually won our league. I, oh, I can't the, believe this, I pulled that one off. I can't either because you're like, oh, you got this. And then I would, it was like before the uh, the the Sunday night game. I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah. CD <laughs> Lamb all of a sudden waking up this season out I of know. nowhere, which is insane. I had, thank God you uh, told me to keep Jamar Chase in yesterday because he was doing absolutely nothing for me for a minute. And then he got tossed a 64-yard touchdown to the house. And I was like, oh. Well, there's my floor hit immediately. <laughs> uh, but yeah, honestly, I have to thank you because getting involved in this has gotten me more in touch with football, one, which I've wanted to do. And two, this is super fun. I've wanted to learn how to play for years. I never got the opportunities to learn and didn't have the, I guess, the general knowledge to really want to participate that much anyway. But now this has been the perfect time. Yeah, dude, I'm glad. It is a it is very fun. It can be very stressful. Um, because it's one of those things where uh some of it's out of your control most of it is out of your control. It's a lot of luck. It's it's basically it's essentially gambling, um, in a fun sort of sense. But I'm glad uh you know that, that I get to allow more people to do it because I fell in love with you know, I, I think I mentioned before, I felt I really fell in love with football because of fantasy. Um I wasn't so closed-minded where I'm just looking at what my team is doing. I'm looking at what everybody's doing. So here I, you know, I, I have a reason to watch all these different games and, and connect with different people. So it was nice. And and what, this is this your second year? I think second year. Second, second year. year. And to see, you know, how much fun you're doing. You're doing great in the, in the studio league, by the way. Thanks. Um, I think you're what? Second place. Yeah, I am right now, which I actually didn't realize until I looked at the standings yesterday. And I was like, Oh crap. 
Yeah. So you got a good squad and you know, it's, it's really neat to see that. So, um, so yeah, keep on chugging along. Really glad yeah. you're, you're a part of it. Thanks brother. Me too. It's, it's been again, you know, you're a huge influence on me in a number of ways, but this football thing connecting over it has been especially one I've loved. So appreciate that. Of course. Of course it is the greatest. Um, so how do I want to do this? Let's jump into it. Um, actually, no. There. Uh, last week, I uh, I was thinking about doing it, but I wanted to give a. Uh, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, uh, somebody, well, not close to me, but related to me, who passed away last week. Oh yes, I wanted, to, I wanted to say it last week, uh, but I didn't know how it was going to come out. I feel like I'm in it, like a, a better of a conscious. But um, uh, my great uncle uh passed away last week his name was patrick johnson and uh a a great man a great um honestly a huge influence on my creativity and uh and honestly just my outlook on on what life can be uh you probably don't recognize the name not saying you dan but you the listener probably don't recognize his name at all but you're probably very very familiar with his body of work um my uncle Pat, great uncle Pat, mind you, uh, was a was involved in Hollywood. He was a stunt choreographer, a fighting choreographer, uh, for a lot of great productions in in Hollywood. He is a and somebody said this. I didn't really think about this, but this he is a big reason why a lot of kids from the eighties, um, and maybe some parts of the nineties loved karate and martial arts and fell in love with it. Um so he did so if anybody's ever seen the 1990s uh Ninja Turtles movies he was the fighting choreographer for those uh Mortal Kombat which is which is my first interaction with him being a part of that uh if you've ever seen the Karate Kid which I'd hope anybody listening to the show has seen he is the referee in the Karate Kid um and I actually have an action figure somewhere at the studio tucked away I'm going to have to pull it out um, of him from that, even though he wasn't credited or paid for it. Um, they, they, they just listed him as a generic referee, but his IMDB list is incredible. Uh, you know, he went into the army, happened to have a lot of time and got to meet Chuck Norris there, like overseas. I think, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Korea. Um, got to meet Chuck Norris over there and maybe it was Vietnam. Uh, but he had so much time. He learned martial arts from Chuck Norris and struck up a friendship. So when he came home, he took a chance on life. He gathered up what little money he had, took a bus all the way across the country, and uh, and, and joined in karate and became this legendary figure, you know, in in the sport of martial arts and teaching it uh, to people. So I wanted to give a shout out. Um, you know, I'm not looking for sympathy or, or anything like that, but I just wanted to kind of acknowledge his existence. Because uh, he is re he's like really really cool. I put it on Facebook that you know I was watching the first Mortal Kombat movie and I think it was ninety six or ninety seven and either my dad or uh, my mom were like, "Hey, your uncle Pat did this movie." I'm like, "Who?" And then the credits rolled around and it said like fighting choreographer or stunt coordinator or one of those two things, Pat E. Johnson. I was like, "Oh my god!" And from that point forward, he became this mythological figure. 
in my life. I've only met him a handful of times because obviously he lives out West. He's very bu- You know, he, he lived on the West coast, very, very busy man. Um, but the influence this man had on me, whether it, you know, it was doing pro wrestling, doing, uh, podcasting in, in a just sense, just, just being something more, uh, than, you know, that, than than everyday people. Uh, I, I would definitely say he played a huge part in that. So, um, I wanted to publicly say thank you uh, to my Uncle Pat for that. And for those who don't know uh, who he is, I think he's great. I think he's a very important part in pop culture history, very underrated part in pop culture history. And uh, I hope you all can uh, can can take it in and, and see something, you know, maybe learn a little bit about him. He, he's got a cool Wikipedia page, IMDb, all that stuff. So um, been in plenty of things. So uh just wanted to say that get that off last week i don't know again that i, I might have came off too whiny but i thought it was appropriate uh to do it for this episode so uh thank you for the opportunity today's episode is quotes the quotes list and my i've been thinking about this one for a while honestly the last probably three choices that i've had have uh quotes have been a potential subject matter for it uh, quotes are an important part of every, I think everyday life. I think, I think a lot of people do themselves a disservice when they don't pull inspiration from quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself reading, you know, stuff with quotes that just strike me and hit me. And I'm like, wow, that's deep stuff. And I can use this for everyday motivation or I catch a movie, uh, you know, that, that has a really good quote. I actually have a one movie quote, um, it's a lengthy one, uh, but it was like it it kind of it it, it kind of hit me. I was like, "Wow, this is this is good stuff." Uh, quotes are everywhere, and they're damn near infinite. People have been, you know, the spoken language has been around for I don't even know how old you know humans go back and and record it, you know earthly history, but you know the spoken word has been around forever, and there's been some really great quotes, and if you know that people can live by if they choose to. Uh, so I had a very tough time going down 10, um, that get me through, you know, they can, they, they can get me through at any point, but I think, uh, looking at quotes and, and formulating my opinion based on the quote is done wonders for my life and outlook on life. Um, how about you, Dan? Yeah, it's definitely, I have a lot of that within here. There are definitely some quotes that when sitting down and researching this list, I realized, oh yeah, this has been around. I've always lived by this. Um, This is stuck with me. This is stuck with me. Um, And some of it's related towards, uh, you know, just any real life scenario that you could possibly run into. But then other things, I have a couple ones that I just, I have them on there because the quotes just have stuck with me forever or they like tickle me in some kind of way. You'll, kind of you'll understand when you hear some of them but some of the things circumstantially i just love that in the moment people said these things too so it's a it's a nice balance between both that i have on this list but i thought this was a very important one to be able to do yeah yeah i'm i'm glad we're getting the opportunity to do it and you're obviously you know obviously all of our lists are great together but you know, you and I have, have bounced off, um, you know, a lot of ideas. We, we, you and I have deep discussions either in person or, uh, you know, over, over a text message or Facebook messenger, you and I have deep conversations about, you know, life and mental health 
And uh, there's a lot of good, really good ones here that I think could uh, could help maybe help other people. And maybe other people, uh, if you agree, you know, like our quotes or you dislike them, maybe go seek out your own top 10 and, and pull some inspiration from that. So um, very, very excited to do it. Uh, very, very excited to hear your quotes and uh, your reasoning for selecting each of them. So uh, are you ready to make a list? Absolutely, my man. All right. Here we go. The top 10 quotes list. Dan, my friend, you kick us off with your number 10. I think I'll do I think I'll do my closest to home one first on this uh list. So uh my dad has had a lot of quotes in my lifetime. Uh be- between calling me the man of the house as a kid when he's gone, uh it's all the quotables that I know he'll say that are like dad quotes about the lawn or, you know, any type of thing like that. One of his most famous ones is about starting the car, which is like wasting gas. When you start the car, like each time you've started, it takes a big gulp of gas. I've heard him say it like a hundred different times. (laughs) Um, But my favorite he's given me is be a leader, not a follower, which I know has been said by a million different people, but that's one that he drilled in, in, in me as a kid. Just be a leader. Do not be a follower. Be a leader when it comes to certain things. Don't follow the crowd. Don't do things that stupid people are doing. Find your own path, which that's always what I've done. And I've made sure that whatever choices I've made, that that, that my gut really tells me this is the right thing. This is This is the thing I should be doing right now. Even when I've made friends that, you know, People typically would have told me to stay away from at points that are now my best friends. Uh, it just it just because, you know, I was a goody two, two shoes kid and things like that. Um, but that's my favorite of his. And it's gotten me through a lot of times I can hear him saying it in my head when I'm in different positions as an adult. So be a leader, not a follower by Carlos Torres is my number 10. That's a, I mean, that's a fantastic one, and I think one that a lot of people should learn. I have a quote or two that kind of, ref, uh, say, you know, basically say that in a different kind of way. Um, but it is, it, it is true. It's hard watching. You know, you see a lot of people that you feel like they they can't think for themselves, whether it's a choice or whether it was kind of like, uh, um, whether it's kind of how they were raised. And and I've had issues with that where I didn't, you know, for honestly, most of my life where I didn't know how to think for myself and by thinking, thinking for myself, being a leader, um, where you kind of think the way that other people tell you to think, and then you're a follower and it's, uh, and, and more often than not, it's very detrimental. Uh, you know, so that's, I mean, the fact that your, your parent, your, your dad, uh, and obviously your parents, uh, you know, were our tremendous parents, uh, and I love them dearly and I wasn't raised by them. But, you know, the fact that they push messages like that on you, uh, you know, and your brothers, you know, growing up, I think it's important. And your character uh, shows that. Uh, I see that for, from time to time where you you can stand on your own two feet. You are your own person and you have this this sense of individuality uh, when I talk to you. So it is really neat, um, that, you know, to hear that one of your top 10 quotes came from them. So I I, I love that. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, I have, like I said, I mine are various. I'm going to go with one here from one of my favorite historical figures. Uh, it is a quote from Napoleon, and I'm sure other people have made it. Some of these quotes, like you can't really specify who said it. 
Uh, there's like a bunch of different people credited for it, but uh, never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake. And uh, this is what cost me on my fantasy football game with Dan. All right. I should just let him struggle. <laughs> I should just let him struggle. But no, I'm a goody two shoes. And I, you know, I'm just kidding. I don't regret it at all. But there are a lot of times in life where, uh, you know, and I hate confrontation, but unfortunately it is inevitable uh, with people, whether it's a sporting contest, whether it's uh, a personal difference in opinion, but um, there are a lot of, you know, just times when, when people that we may have a disagreement with or competing against, uh, they make a mistake and I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, and sometimes it's just best to kind of let them fall into their own kind of trap. Uh, here, I got it. I got it. Um, so let's say. I would hear killing with kindness. Mm -hmm. So I will attribute this. So I've unfortunately had a lot of personal uh, issues with, with, with many individuals over the, uh, over the last couple of years, unfortunately, some of it over podcasting, but uh, many over the years by letting them sometimes speak their mind and maybe too much or come off as the aggressor, um, if I fight fire with fire, it's just, Hey, you know, when do you guys kind of grow up and, and stop it? But however, you know, my ability to, you know, kind of just pull back. And, and again, I don't like confrontation. I, I think public fighting with people is, is kind of silly too, but my ability to, to kind of pull back has let them make an enemy of, or just make themselves look bad. Um, and I, I seem to find that happen more often than not. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but we had a situation a couple years ago where, uh, somebody using the studio, uh, you know, we just, we had a disagreement and it just became a whole, just one person saying this, you know, other person saying that, and one person being a little bit more vocal about it and open about it than others. And when I refrained myself from fighting fire with fire, uh, and, and, uh, the other person kind of exposed themselves, I think. Um, and, and I think that's the best way to, to, to kind of, to kind of base Pe people will show their true colors. People will show, um, you know, people will show their worst side and people will self-destruct if you just let them. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's an unfortunate thing that we have to encounter on occasions, but um, it is a mindset to, to have is just to kind of, you know, let, let people make their own mistakes. Um, Cause if you don't, you can end up setting yourself up for failure too and falling into a trap. So, um, so I'm going to go, th that's my interpretation of it. Never, never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake from Napoleon Bonaparte, a brilliant, brilliant, uh, you know, just war strategist, and leader, very excited for the new movie to come out. I think next week. Uh, it looks amazing. Think, it looks oh, really, really good. I cannot wait. You have no idea. Um, I'm going. I might go Thanksgiving morning. That's how excited I am for this movie. I really am. Um, but yeah, there it is. My number ten. Uh, Dan, your number nine. Love it. Um, that's you. a really, really great number ten to have. And thank you. Napoleon was obviously a great uh, general and a great leader. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's a very wise quote coming from him as well. So smart. Uh, I could have picked so many off of him, but I thought that's the one that kind of just resonated with me the most. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> out of all of these, this is probably the one that stands out the least because it's not like super rigid, super original or anything like that. Um, it just circumstantially, it was the best thing that could possibly said be said in the moment. So for a little context, um, Randy Couture, UFC uh, Hall of Famer, absolute legend, um, was fighting in early UFC. I think he made his debut at like UFC 13 <clears throat> and was fighting on and off all the time. Excuse me, one second. You're okay. Of course, I have like all this phlegm in my throat when I go to talk. Finally. <laughs> um so was around from about UFC 31 um, and retired at about, I think about the Ultimate Fighter 3 finale around there. Um, he was done. So I think UFC like 50 or so. Um, so he was done. He had had tons of wars already. He had had uh, a light heavyweight uh trilogy with Chuck Liddell, who's one of the best uh old school fighters on the planet. And at 43, he decides he's coming back to challenge for the UFC heavyweight belt, which Tim Sylvia is holding at the time. Uh he comes back, totally different weight class, uh, hasn't fought at heavyweight in the UFC. And in the first round drops Sylvia to strikes in like the first minute Dro uh, drops him ends up winning all five rounds and takes him to decision and wins the belt easily um most unbelievable thing ever he got up out of his uh off his couch in a new weight class at that point um uh, at 43 years old as a fighter which is crazy uh Joe Rogan goes in joe rogan's starstruck at that point because he's never seen anything like that and he says he says give us any thoughts you have on this fight or whatever and couture says my favorite quote from the ufc of all time that's fight related when he says not bad for an old man huh <laughs> and and it was just for the for the scenario like, man, it's just one of the best quotables ever from any fight. Like, just knowing the circumstances coming back, having not fought at all in those circumstances before, he does it so easily. And that's the first thing he says that, like, that's that's a very action movie thing to say in that very. moment, which, you know, he may have earned his spot in Expendables right there when he did that. But, uh, yeah, Randy Couture is a bad man. It's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite quotes to ever come out of any uh, fighting-related scenario, and it comes in at my number nine. That's a very good one. I I enjoy Randy Couture's work a lot. I've uh, I follow him on at, at least Facebook. I might I don't know if he on Twitter. Um, but when I first started getting into UFC, when Brock was getting big, the first pay per view I ever watched was when him and Brock fought, and Brock like 
smashed him. And I didn't really realize the legend of Randy Couture at that time, but it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, when, when Brock beat him the way that he did. And, uh, and, but I've, I, 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 I love it. You know, seeing him in the expendables is really, really cool. I think he's got a good head on his shoulder, good mentality. Always the dude is a legit legend and, uh, you know, in the sport. And, uh, that's a very fun one. That's a very mm-hmm. fun one. Not bad for an old man. Uh, I like that a lot. I like yeah. that a lot. I'm sure my dad's laid that one on me a couple times when he's beaten me in something in Madden or whatever. So, yeah, very yeah. good. Very Thank good. You, Thank you. Oh, man. This is already a very tough one to put stuff, uh, put stuff in order. Okay. Uh, for my number nine, I'm going to go with one that I have learned as of late. This is one that I wish I would have known when I was in high school uh, in college and doing pro wrestling. Uh, but it is one from uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady. When you lose, talk little. When you win, talk less. Uh, and my interpretation of it is a just a humility in, in everything. Uh, when you're loud and boisterous, uh, it kind of puts a target on your back. And people can't wait to see you fall and fail. And it's an unfortunate nature, but it's 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 the way that it is. I think that generally people don't like loud, boisterous, you know, uh, you know, people. It, it's sore losers, sore there's sore winners, uh, and all that. I just I wish that. So when I did sports, when I did pro wrestling, I it, like. I live like I lived like my success in that was my like value as a human being. Like I felt like if I wasn't doing good in that, I wasn't like worthy um, for people. Like I, I felt like I felt like if I did good in that so- sort of stuff, that it would bring me attention and friendship and relationships and, and, and all that stuff. And um, and in fact, that was probably the furthest thing from the truth. I was like, oh, hey, I did this. I beat this person or Hey, look at me. I won. I won the sectionals. Or hey, look at me. I won. I took sixth in. You know, I, I placed in the state. Or hey, I did this. And and instead of letting just my actions speak for myself, I spoke for myself. And like I cringe looking back at my myself. You know, thinking like that, talking like that. Uh, it was just this this humility that comes with letting your actions speak for you or letting others speak for you and, and kind of building you up versus yourself. Uh, you know, Hey, look, Hey, look at me, look at me, look what I did. I, uh, there's another quote on here that I'll, uh, you know, that, that kind of goes hand in hand with this, but like with, with social media and how I handled it, you know, the last year, year and a couple months or so my the way i treat social media is completely different you know um not every victory maybe i that i i feel this is my feeling of course um feel needs to be broadcast uh and it's it's kind of nice that way it's kind of nice that way um so yeah so this is uh this is a great one i i do enjoy tom brady's body of work over the years, whether you love him or hate him, I think this is a great quote. And honestly, like, was he perfect at at following this every step of the way? No, not at all. Um, but uh, but there were a lot of moments where he he would okay, they they win the Super Bowl and be out for practice the following week, 
All right, let's get to work for next season. Um, and I used to love that. I used to love seeing that. So, um, so my number nine is is that from Tom Brady. So when you lose, talk little. When you win, talk less. Yeah, very good quote. Thank you. <laughs> you can't not respect the man as a as an athlete and as a person. I don't know. Maybe not as a person so much sometimes. <laughs> I. Uh. Some people, yeah, I don't know. He he became more. I think people liked him a lot more when he went to Tampa Bay because he wasn't with New England and you know, what especially around here, around these parts. But um, there's an alternate universe out there right now where he's uh, in Vegas and they're undefeated right now. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably, yeah. McDaniel just signed a six year extension with them, you know. <laughs> he probably yes. would be better. He probably would be a really good team with Tom out there still. I would it wouldn't surprise me. Oh uh, boy. Uh number eight. My number eight. I'll put this one here too. I feel I feel weird putting a uh wrestling and a UFC one back to back because I feel like I'm definitely a homer out of the gate to start here. Uh but I'm gonna go with one that I've just loved out of the WWE forever. And I just quote it everywhere I go. And no matter how it's said, I know how I actually mean it. And this quote is, damn. Just with everything. Damn. (laughs) Damn. Damn. And just channeling my inner Ron Simmons as much as I possibly can Every time it's said, if you're a fan of wrestling and you're a WWE fan, you know that Ron Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk, a.k.a. one half of uh, the APA, uh, one of the greatest tag teams that's ever existed. They, uh, Ron had a tendency to use the word damn situationally in the late 2000s, especially where he would find himself himself in these situations where he's getting screwed over, it was weird, something like that. And, and, and in any circumstance, the damn always worked. If you know him, you know that he looked at, at the situation up and down for a second. And then when he hit that damn, he hit that D with all the power in the absolute world. It was like hearing a shotgun blast go off every time. Damn, every time. Uh, and there were so many. There were so many wrestling ones I could have taken. There were so many different ones, but I kept coming back to damn. I just kept coming back to damn over and over and over again. It was my favorite quote out of wrestling of all time, and it comes in at my number eight. It is. It's a great one, and it's so simple. It's a. It's a very universal word. It can be applied for anything. Um, it reminds me back in high school. There was a video on YouTube that described how the F word. You know what? I we've said it on here before. Uh, f- fuck is like one of the most universal words you can do. It can be used as an adjective, a noun. Uh, a verb like there was all sorts of ways to use it and i think feel like damn is one of those ones too you could be like damn 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 you know there's like different like positive negative there's all sorts of different uh different ways you can use uh the word damn and uh i i used to love 
Rod Simmons when he did that. <laughs> I remember they did a pseudo dating show on Monday Night Raw, and the only thing he would say were things that rhymed with damn. Like uh there was like, oh if going on a date, what would you what would you, you know, eat? And he'd be like, Spam. And I was <laughs> it was just it was just too good. And uh very, very awkward, but very just just you know, watching Ron Simmons and Fruk for all his years, you never thought that I don't know, you just never got those comedian vibes from him, but one word and he just made it so good. Every time he'd show up, you knew it was coming. Uh and it was it was tremendous. So I love it. Thank you, sir. Great number eight. He's 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 the man. He is. He certainly is. Um, all right. My number eight is going to be um this one's from David Bednar. I was looking for a couple ones because I feel like the way kind of that the world is uh to this day that it, it applies, and this is something I've dealt with uh too. So David Bednar. Uh, the quote is, to be offended is a choice we make. It is not a condition afflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else. Um, and I feel like in this, you know, in this day and age, and, and again, I've been guilty of it too, that we all look for reasons to be offended um, and upset about things. Instead of looking for reasons to be happy uh, in positive, we choose for reasons to be upset. And for the longest time, I was doing that. And when you think about when you think about it, you know, down to like the 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 bare bones of offense being offended, um, it is something that we do to ourselves. Uh it is completely a choice. It is our reaction to the way that other people live. Um we see a lot in society where people are offended by other people's religion, uh, sexuality and political choices and so much more and and like it's it's your choice to be offended by that you can either embrace the diversity or you know the differences in that sort of thing or yeah you can embrace it or be offended by it and a lot of people are like it's one of the reasons why again i don't post much anymore because i felt like anytime i i had a feeling or opinion about something I cared about, somebody would find a way to do it, um, you know, to, to be offended by it. And I'm just like, okay. again, that's their problem, but I just don't want to deal with it. Uh, it gets, it, it gets, it gets old personally. So, um, so to be offended is a choice. And it, I think everybody, even myself can, can work on this a lot, a whole lot better too. But I think everybody can, can really take a look on this. You know, it, it's, for the for the most part, I feel like people should, you know, be free for the again for the most part, be able to free freely speak without being judged, hated upon, or 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 whatever. Um, you know, just just from an an opinion, it's really weird how vile and ugly people can get. So, um, so I will. Uh, I'm not gonna talk in circles anymore i'm going to leave it at that to be a fight you know i'm going to leave it as to be a fight you know that is the quote um yeah i'll read it one more time to be offended is a choice we make it is not a condition inflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else it is our pretty much our own doing our own reaction to other people's actions so 
Um, so there it is, my number eight. That's lovely. I really, really, really love that. That's a really, really good quote that I'm going to use. It's yeah. I, I, I heard bits and pieces of it. I was trying to find like the 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 full context of it, and I found it. I think I found it on that uh that Brainy Quotes app that I downloaded. So, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Very much so. Thank you. Uh, uh, my number seven. It really does. This is very much a hard list to put together when it comes down to it. Um, I'm going to put um, FDR's famous, uh, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself on here at my number seven. I've always loved this quote, but when you think also circumstantially as to where the world was when he came in in his, his inauguration and said that, um, it, it he inspired hope his entire presidency, which is why he was reelected over and over and over again until the time he died to the point where they had to change the terms because yeah. they were like, oh, this probably shouldn't happen again, <laughs> like where a guy could serve this long. But they probably would have if he lived longer, he pro- they probably would have made him president his entire lifetime. We probably would have run into a problem with our system. Oh, uh, possibly. But. That quote can be put into so many different situations and can be a guideline for so many things to look to be in terrible circumstances and have him say that when trying to inspire the country in the right way and push everything in the right direction to say we have nothing to be afraid of except being afraid is it's so powerful when you think about that. And I use that to inspire me for all sorts of situations in life too. Um, So uh, the only thing we have to fear is uh, is fear itself is my number seven. That's a great one. And honestly, I almost made my list. And if I could elaborate further on my, my take on it. So, um, so for anybody who's listening, like you got to like, think about stuff you're afraid of Uh, maybe like an action or something. Um, some people are afraid of swimming, um, but you're you're not afraid of the actual like act of swimming. You're just afraid of the thought of swimming because you've never tried. You really sometimes people never tried it before, never tried successfully to learn to learn it. The idea of it, you know what I mean? It's just you're 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 afraid of the idea of something instead of the action sometimes, and uh, and there's that goes hand in hand. I mean. How, Dad, I don't want to speak at you know for, for you, but is there, has there ever been times where you've been afraid of something and you elected not to try it? Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I can't I, think of specific scenarios off the top of my head, but yeah, there are hundred percent been those times in my life. Yeah, I have too. Um, I, I have a quote that kind of rolls, you know, rolls along with that. But um, whether it's a fear of like maybe dressing a certain way or or uh, you know again learning learning a new skill uh job finding a new job is you know it's it's actually exciting when it happens but the the idea of doing it is is kind of fearful it it, it can be the idea of change can be fear you know fear inducing um you know there's been life experiences like uh it like asking a girl out or asking for, you know, for, for those asking a guy out, asking somebody else out on a date. Like I, 
you, you're scared of the idea of it. Um, but it feels really, really good when you do it. Um, like a huge relief when you end up doing it. So I think it's a very, very important quote. It is one of the greatest presidential quotes of all time. Um, not just presidential, just greatest quotes of all time. And uh, I could still picture it in my head on like that grainy audio. Um, I actually, I think the, they have a bunch of FDR speeches on uh, Apple Apple Music. They might have them on Spotify, but I, I did hear the full speech and it's, it's, uh, it's intense. It is mm-hmm. a great one. And uh, I, I think that more people should listen to it. I, if I'm afraid of something now, I try to embrace it and just do it. You know what I mean? Like uh, if I'm dreading something, I'm just, I'm going to, I try to just do it. And I, and that, that applies that, that quote applies to it. So this is a, this is a great one, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, all right. So we're number seven, right? Yes. Number seven already. Um, all right. This one is from uh, another president. I have a couple president ones on here, but this is from one president. Uh, he is our third president. And uh, this is also this quote has been also attributed to many other people, but I've most I've heard it mostly come from Thomas Jefferson. Uh, it is, I am a great believer in luck and the harder that I work or the harder I work, the more of it that I have in reference to luck. Um, people think like luck is this, this magical, this kind of thing that just happens by circumstance. And, and I, sometimes maybe, like, I don't know about the magical part, but you know, luck does play a part in gambling, fantasy football, uh, all, you know, maybe some other instances being the right person at the right time. But, um, but it is true because I feel like a lot of people sit and wait for opportunities to come their way. And this is this is why I love this thing so much. Uh, instead of going out and making opportunities for yourself, for ourselves, that some people just sit and wait uh, for those opportunities to just show up and, and just happen. Uh, you know, you're never going to date that person that you really like unless you work up the courage you work you know hard to ask them out you're never going to land that that big job that you've always wanted unless you you know unless you put in the work and tried to do it it doesn't necessarily mean that it's guaranteed but the harder you work at it the better you know you you do um like you know the the the, uh i think the lottery used to have like a slogan or something and it was like hey you never know Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was like an encouragement, like, "Hey, well, you can't win the lottery unless you 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 buy into it, right?" Uh, people dreaming of being million, you know, millionaires and billionaires. Well, you never know. Try, uh, like when I when I wrestled in high school, it was the one sport that I really really loved mm-hmm. that I worked extra super hard at like it became a lifestyle for me and it paid off in dividends um you know where i got to be you know i got to be one of the best wrestlers in the section at my weight class of that year and got to go on to states and if i hadn't um if i hadn't worked for that then i i would have never achieved that i would have never had that to look back on it would have been a lot of regret so um 
So I love it. I think it applies for everybody, whatever you're aspiring to be, whatever you want to do in life, um, whatever opportunities you want to have, work hard, work hard. And, and, and luck, the idea, the idea of luck uh, will follow. I love that. Yeah. I, uh, there was a heavyweight title fight over the weekend uh, where, because John Jones just got hurt. This, yes. uh, this guy named Tom Aspinall just stepped in on two weeks notice. Uh, he's from the UK and he fought the guy that was supposed to be the backup for uh, the title fight. And one of the things leading up to it in the press conference that he said, they were like, they, they asked him if the short notice was a bother to him at all. And he said, I'm not going to, you know, win the interim title sitting on my couch. I can't do that. And what did he do? He went out there and knocked uh, the guy out in a minute and 10 seconds. Okay, off his couch, off two weeks' notice, talks about how three days after he accepted the fight, he blew his back out. So he was trading for it. He said he had like basically no camp. He was having a visa issue getting over here. So wow. So he did that. He's he's my age. He's 30 yeah. years old. He's and just went and did that. Probably gonna be, I'm telling you right now. That guy uh, is probably going to be the best heavyweight for the next six to seven years in the UFC. With Francis Ngannou gone, he's going to be the guy to beat. Yeah, and hey, he's got the heart and mindset for it, right? To just yeah. kind of just just do stuff and fight fearlessly. I love that. I love. I used to love hearing stories about guys just kind of just jumping up and and taking up a fight in UFC. And like, uh, people would turn it down and like an opportunity because, oh, I need a camp. I need this and that. No, there's an opportunity there. Go work for it. Exactly. Take it. And that's really, really cool to hear. I remember reading, I'm not like, I don't follow UFC like I used to. Um, but I did read that on the, on the, uh, on the interwebs this, this week. And I was like, that's a really good story. Yeah. That's really cool. He's the man. He really is. For sure. Um, let me see here. My number six I think I'm going to put here um, those who want respect, give respect. And it's a quote from the Sopranos. Um, Tony says it in regards to, um, I believe Richie April in season two, but you can apply that to so many different things. Those who want respect, give respect. And, and when he says that in the show, the response he gets, he's like, oh, so basically, fuck you, is is what you're saying to me or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it kind of is like that's the golden rule to treat others how you want to be treated. Like it's that type of thing. But I love the phrasing of it in that context way better. Those who want respect, get respect or or give respect, which is so true. You have to like really connect with people in order to if you expect especially if you expect something from them which nobody should ever expect anything from anybody but if you want to establish connections and like be a good person and like add to society you need to respect the people around you like i'm not going to get anything from you if i treat you like crap all the time like if i ever needed a favor from you and asked you and i'm not in good standing with you you're not going to do me that favor um not likely 
No. So I just love the way that that's phrased. Those who want respect, give respect. And it it really can be applied to everything. So comes into my number six. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I think a lot of it's a good one for leaders um, to do. Because I feel like uh, yeah, oh, it, like in my current workplace, like that's like one of those things where it, like people are like higher ups are demanding respect, but aren't giving it. And it's just it just doesn't work that way. Um, it, it, it doesn't work that way at all. But so I, I, I always try my, I always try my best to, you know, I, not that I, not that I'm out seeking it, but I just, again, I'm not a confrontational person. I give everybody a shot, like a fair, clean slate. As soon as, you know, um, you know, I, I, I meet them and some people, you know, it, run, take, take the ball and run with it like yourself, you know, I, we've been close for two, two and a half, like super close for like two, two and a half years at this point. Yep. And you've taken the ball and run with it. And there's been other people who I've like looked out for, like I got this thing going on at work right now where I've looked out for this guy and, and, and he's great to my face and he's other, he's otherwise behind my back. And I've like looked out, I've helped him. I've, you know, help guide him and, 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 and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, it, it's on like this or, you know, whatever, like we're done. Like, I'm not going to help you out anymore. Like, so I get that it's, it's a hundred percent true. There's gotta be a, a mutual building up of each other in a sense. And that's where the respect comes into play. I, I don't know. I, I don't like bullies. I don't like people who treat others like shit and then expect, good things in return. I just, I, I never like that. And, uh, and I think that's a very, I think the quote hits it perfectly. And it's from one of your, your favorite shows too. So, yes. So very good. Very good. Thanks, uh, buddy. All right. Number six for myself. All right. This is my movie one. This is my movie one. I love this quote. I. Uh, You've seen Captain America Civil War. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's at the Peggy Carter's funeral. I'm most positive, but it's Sharon Carter, her niece. Um, I'm pretty sure it's from this point. I, I'm, I got my scenes mixed up maybe a little bit, but it's, it's around that point. But uh, she's talking to Steve Rogers. And about something, and maybe it's about this the whole you know Sokovia Accords and, and all that. But she goes, um, even if everyone is telling you that something is right or that something wrong is something right, even if the whole world is telling you to move, it is your duty to plant yourself like a tree, look them in the eye, and say, "No, you move." And it's a it's a really cool one. I, I think one of your quotes already kind of. Right. Well, your first one, your first one from your dad uh, is kind of like that, like it, be a leader, not a follower. Because um, there's been a lot of times in my life where I've thought one way and a large group of people were telling me to think of another way. And I maybe I maybe I caved. I, I like, you know what I mean? Like you just caved and then you turned out to be like, maybe it's about somebody like somebody like you see something in somebody that. Um, that's not great, but everybody else isn't seeing it. And, and eventually, uh, that thing that you, 
you know, you maybe you you're like, okay, whatever, maybe I'm wrong. And then maybe that thing that you thought could turns out to be true. Um, Again, I'm not rooting for any individual person's downfall or anything, but these are the these are incidents that I've had happen. Um, whether it's belief in in something, um, you know, uh, I and this is something else I've been dealing with too. You know, again, over the thirty thirty two years of my life, probably the last year is where I really um, kind of started to believe in myself because I've been living my whole life doing what everybody else has been telling me to do. And whether I felt like it was wrong or right. And then finally, I just said, F it. I'm going to do what I think is right, uh, you know, in, in what I want to do. And there's been there's been a little sprinkles of it. Um, you know, I've talked about it uh, many times, you know, when I wanted to go to Indianapolis for the first time. And everyone kept telling me, no, no, next year, next year, next year. There's always next year. Why you got to do it this year? Do it next year. And I said, no, I, 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 I'm going. Like I'm going, you're not going to tell me it. it. It fits into this. Obviously this quote is for, you know, can be applied to much bigger things, but the way I view it, it's like, you kind of just, you kind of got to roll to the beat. As long as you're not an asshole, you know, <laughs> you kind of got to roll mm-hmm. to the beat of your own drum. And if you believe in something, uh, you kind of, you have to stand by it and firmly believe it and, and, and not cave. Uh, I, I've never felt good caving from like a, like a, like a firm belief that I've had um, a fair firm belief, not like an asshole and firm belief, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I really, I always love this quote because again, in the context of the movie, you know, there's the superhero, the Sokovia Accords where superheroes got to register with the government and they could be told where to go and, and this and that. And Steve Rogers is like, ah, this isn't, this isn't freedom. This isn't right. Like, I'm got to stand up and he stood up and the right people surrounded him and took his side. And, uh, and he ended up being right in the end. Cause if he turned on, you know, if, if he gave up on his beliefs, uh, you know, his, his best friend Bucky would have been persecuted and mm-hmm. never would have been found innocent and had like this free life uh, that he ended up having in the movie and in the, in the storyline. So, I think it applies to so many different situations. If you firmly believe in something, do it. If you want my uncle, <laughs> my great uncle came home and he's like, I know that going to California and doing karate and martial arts is right for me. Like, I love my family, but I'm gone. Scrunched up his money, just went. And I don't know if anybody was telling him it was wrong, but he knew in his heart that it was right for him and he did it. And I think it's just super. I think it's a super important thing that that everybody should 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 do. Um, you know, you gotta gotta live life for yourself, not your you know, not your not your parents, not your friends, siblings. You gotta live your life for yourself and the things you wanna you wanna do. And it's kind of it's a messy way of explaining that quote, but I think everybody gets the picture at this point. Absolutely, absolutely, very good. Thank you. All right, we are on to our top five. Dan, what do you got for number five? Top five. My number five, I'm going to go with, uh, I feel like the most recent quote on my list out of all of these ones that I picked. Um, And it's uh, Damar Hamlin's Did We Win last year. That was when I, the, the circumstances of, 
um, the DeMar Hamlin injury during the Bills Bengals game last year, the regular season game was so terrifying. I've never seen anything like that in any sport that I've ever um, watched or, or anything like that. I, it was so surreal. And for, for however long of a period that would like a good two weeks or so, I would say the whole nation, all they could talk about was like Damar Hamlin. What's going on? Is he okay? Is he good? Um, People just all wrapped around that story. So for a second, one person became bigger than football, just became unequivocally bigger than the sport or anything going on that night. Right. Um, And so to, hear that he woke up and that the first thing he asked was did we win was mind-blowing to me mind-blowing that even like through all that even though he probably didn't even realize too much of what had gone on to wake up and have the team be the first thing on your mind and like to to be so involved that you say that and to put like that group first it it was just it spoke to his mindset and it spoke to how people should be for their team where like you should be if you have a group of people that you're there for and you're with or whatever your love for them should always come first to an extent yeah and to have his come so abundantly that there wasn't even concern for what happened to me it was what happened to them are they good uh that says something to me so did we win comes in at my number five for good reason yeah uh big moment and it is a great quote it's it's a it's a nice teamwork like a team friendship group quote uh because if you have a friend group and it's all about one person it's not really it gets it's not a very good friend group but Mm -hmm. if you have a friend group and it's all about each other uh like i absolutely idolize your high like your high school group i really do because the fact that you've all still been in touch since, you know, doing backyard wrestling and, you know, since very early on, you talked about Randy and the, and the sandwiches that your mom used to pack. And, you know, again, your relationship with Kevin and so many other people, like I idolize that. And it's never, it's, that has never been about one person, that friendship. Mm -hmm. It's been about, you guys always been there for each other. When Kevin's doing great. All right. We're going to be there for him. When Randy's doing great. We're going to be there for them when you're doing great. Um, they're going to be there for you. Like seeing oh, them at yeah. your birthday last year. I was like, cool. I've never had a longstanding group of people like that. You know, more recently I, I've, I've surrounded myself with really great friends that, you know, I'm finally starting to see how great friendships can be. Um, but it's, 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 it's kind of what it is. One of us wins, all of us wins. And instead of when one of this wins that it's just that person and, you know, it's a mm-hmm. uh, different mindset. It's a different mindset, but I, it applies to applies to friendship groups, team sports, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great one, bud. Very good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right. My number five, this is one you have repeated on this show quite often. I really like it. I really like one of the men uh, that have said it. Uh, another one of those we can't pinpoint the source who said it, but um, Teddy Roosevelt is the one I have attributed to this. 
Uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And uh, me growing up in the social media age, actually me always, uh, I was never happy with what I had. I was always happy with what other people had. Um, I remember growing up and uh, I had a, a pair of cousins that were like, they were, their family was very well off, very well off. And one year for Christmas, they opened up their presents in front of the entire, like their, their Christmas gifts in front of the whole family. And they got game. They both got game boys, game boy colors. And I was like, I was so like mad because I, I wanted a game boy and here I'm watching cousins open up their Christmas presents in front of everybody. And it's, it's what I've always wanted. Um, and it double like hurt me at that time. Cause I'm like, they're not even video. They don't even play video games. It's like, <laughs> like what? And that's how I felt at the time. And that, that was me when I was six or seven years old. And, you know, this is pre social media, but you know, it, getting older, going through middle school and high school and your, your social circles are a lot ba- bigger and better. You see the people with the nice cars, the nice, the nice, they have great jobs. They have, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe somebody's dating a, a, someone that you, you really, really like. And you're like, Oh damn, I wish I had, you know, I wish I was dating that person. I wish I had this or that. Um, and here I am instead of appreciating, you know, the family that I had, the the things, the material possessions that I've had, that I had, um, the life that I had, I was choosing to be miserable, um, because I didn't have what everybody else had. And when I finally got a rein on that, and the last year, you know, maybe the year or so, I, I started seeing life a whole lot better. You know, I, I don't have the most money. I don't have a big house. Um, I don't have a nice car, but I do have great friends. I do have a cool podcast studio. I have a wonderful wife. I have a, you know, right now I have a, I have a, a a baby on the way, which is, which is great. Um, and you know, people, maybe people look at me in that, in that same sense, maybe, I don't know. But like that and that jealousy thing, and and I would just say to them, "Hey, you got a lot of good stuff going for you too." Uh, and yeah, I think that's a, it's a it's an important one, is because it is it is we all have different lives, we all have different circumstances, um, we all come from different just life experiences, and it's it, it kind of goes hand you know if you if you want something, go and work for it. But again, just be grateful for everything that you have. Like I'm. I, I I really am. I, I'm glad that I've chosen to be happy about the cool things that I do instead of having everything, you know? So, um, so there it is. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's my number five. I do love that quote so much. And you're right. I do reference that a lot. And it, it really is true. You can't be comparing yourself to everything you have. And once you get that mindset down, you find that life is a lot easier. It's yeah. way, way easier. Yeah, it uh, it truly is. It, it it truly is. It's um, God, I just feel like, yeah, just stress free mm-hmm. when doing that. Like, oh God, I gotta have this. I gotta have this. I gotta have that. That's part. I mean, it's like a high school. Like, I feel like it's a social thing too. 
just like, you know, growing up in, in popularity contests and everything. Oh, I, I'd be popular if I had that. And, and I'd be popular if I had this or if I did that. And, and it's it's so far from the truth. <laughs> Not that even popularity matters for that, you know, for 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 that sake. But it's it's a really, really good one that I wish I would have known uh, and believed in many, many years ago. So. Very nice. I love that, man. Thank you. Uh, number four for me is going to be um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard from an actor or an acting teacher, which is run headfirst towards embarrassment, which I think I've said on the show before in some capacity. Yeah. But um, when it comes to acting, I think that's such an important quote. I tell every class I've ever taught that quote as well. Um. Because it's so true. That's what you want to do in life is you want to, you don't want to shy away from the things that can like bring you joy or bring you something really good in acting. You don't want to make boring choices at all. When you do things, you don't want to be too big either, but you definitely don't want to be boring. So take those risks, be, uh, be the person in the room that like is the loudest and funniest for a second, like really, really Go for yourself and bet on yourself. Um, Ray Boucher is the professor I heard it from. Uh, but it it applies to so many facets of life. Go for that job you don't think you'll get. Go for, um, you know, that new hobby you want to try that people say, ah, you're too old for that or do that. Don't be your own coach when it comes to those things. Run head first towards embarrassment is an excellent quote, and it's my number four. It's yeah, it's it's a good. One. I mean, how do you grow unless you know unless you go through trial unless you you know you can't grow if you stay in comfort all the time. And I actually really love that that phrasing of it because there's a lot of you know quotes similar to that. Um, you know, like can't fly with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. And like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of applies in the context of that. And I really like that that way because yeah, embarrassment is, is, is growth. Right. Um, you know, Edison's, you know, I found thousands of ways to not make a light bulb. Like, Hey, at least you tried and he eventually succeeded. Mm -hmm. Um, you really do grow when you put yourself out there, when you live fearlessly, when you apply it, when you just try for stuff, um, you know, that you, you want to believe this, this UFC guy that you mentioned, mm-hmm. right. He could have had in his mind, ah, you know, no camp. I can, I can go out there really, you know, and, and embarrass myself. And he took the risk and it paid off in dividends. Uh, this happens every single day, um, yes. and it's it's not even just grandiose things. It's 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 the little things. It is those job, you know, putting in those job applications. It is, um, you know, again, risking being embarrassed by asking somebody out on a date or um, trying to network or just in your art, just trying something different. You know, it it's it's uh, it's. It's a really great quote, and uh, I'm glad you bestowed that upon us today because uh, I like the way your teacher, uh, you know, phrased it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I That's my favorite piece of advice I've ever gotten, so I appreciate you saying that. It's a good one. All right. 
number four for me. Um, we've kind of had a lot of similar, uh, similar phrase phrasing ones or ones that can kind of bleed together. Uh, this one is from one of my favorite historical figures. Uh, I've read a couple of his books. One of them is called Meditations, which is really great. It's from Marcus Aurelius, who was a uh, a Roman emperor who uh, very wise Stoic, and um, he had to lead Rome through some rough periods of time, a uh, uh, a pandemic, a war, and 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 so much more, and he did it stoically. Um, but they happen at, this is one of the ones and he's had a lot of bangers. You can find, look it up on YouTube, but the quote is the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts. And it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the comparisons of the thief of joy. Um, uh, but I found, you know, when, when I try to be happy, when I w- apply happiness to things, when I put a happy spin on things that I'm generally happier, if I take something that someone else says and I, I I react to it negatively and it just eats away at me, then well, I'm not happy. Um, happy thoughts, you know, can go a long way. Self positive self building, um, you know, can go a good way or can go a long way. And uh, and I, I really think that some people love to wallow in negativity. Um, it may bring them attention. Uh, maybe not the best kind of attention, but it does bring attention. Um, but if they just change their perspective on something like, you know, uh, like great, uh, you know, Oh God, why, why was this obstacle put in front of me? Why, why, oh, why? And be like, okay, I'm glad this is because I'm going to come out stronger after I, after I, you know, overcome it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It, it can, it's crazy how much a change in, in perception of something that, you know, it can happen. I, there's been so much stuff over the last year that I could have just went right back into my negativity trap with, like just fell for it. You know, I I split my head open at work, and in June, and you've seen it. It was it was disgusting. I still have the scar on, on my forehead from it. And instead of being like, oh fuck, you know, just oh everything sucks and everything, I was like, well, you know, this is a this is a learning opportunity. It's not the end of the world. It is what it is. And you know, it's it's a nice it's a nice lesson uh, every time that I look at it. So that was where everyone else would view it. Oh, you're scarred for life and oh, this and that. I'm like, whatever <laughs> it, it is. What it is, what it is. I, I, nothing I can do about it now. It is what it is. So I love this quote. Um, I love many of Marcus Aurelius quotes, but uh, I think if people chose to be happy, we'd have a lot better of a world. So, um, so that is my number four. Very nice. Thank love you. Love that. Thank you. All right, I do our number three. My number three is going to be um, one of my favorite quotes. It's an MLK quote. It's, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Um, I think that's so important uh, to 
note I that those things do exist, like that we all have those friends that claim to be friends and claim to be there for you. But when it comes to defending you behind your back or like being there in key scenarios, they don't do that. And um, this applies for, you know, racial terms too, but just in general, I will always, always, always remember those people that did not speak up for me when I needed them the most or were not there for me when I needed the most. But when I was able to be there for them, it was no problem at all uh, yeah. to to be that person and to take my time out of, um, you know, my days or my life to support other people that I loved and that I thought were there for me. Um, but it's just such an important one. And from, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, who's one of the greatest influences ever on this planet. Um, it's it says something big like that silence really does speak louder than any hate I will ever hear in my entire life. The silence of the people that are supposed to be there for me yeah. will always, always, always be worse um, I'm lucky where I do have a lot of people that I know I can trust and I know are there for me at all times. Um, but this quote says more about those people than um, I ever, ever, ever will be able to. The ones that are fake and not really there for you when it comes down to it. So that comes in at my number three. Yeah, it's it's an important one. You know, the older we get, it's like the quality of friends, I think it over it, it should always be this way, but the quality of friends over truly overtakes the, 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 the quantity. And, um, you see a lot, you know, who's there for you, you know, who's there for you when you need them. Um, who's a convenience friend, you know, that's, that's one that's always tough. Like, like, uh, or like you said, you're only there for them when, you know, sometimes the only interactions you have with those people is when it's, it's to benefit them. And this has been a very, it's been a tough battle that I've had to deal with myself. Um, Cause it's, you know, I, I'm not perfect either, but I, I know, I know my worth to people and I, man, like I, I had this one friend since high school and we were always, you know, super close. We we can get together randomly when you know, in 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 chat, like we we haven't lost touch or time. But, um, you know, it's the only time I really get to see, usually get to see them, is when it revolves around them. And like that's not a friendship. That's that's one sided, and it's just a it's 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 just one of those things. And and people grow apart. Like it it, it is what it is, but. There's some people that claim to be, you know, claim to be one thing that their actions prove otherwise. So, I uh, I know you've been through a lot of struggles with with friends over the recent years since I've known you. Um, had a lot of embattled stuff, and it's been hard to watch because I know I know what you're worth. I know your value as a human being, as a friend, and uh, it sucks when you get to see other people do it. It sucks going through it personally, but it's mm-hmm. it stinks when you see other people deal with it too because there's. There's unfortunately not a whole lot you could do except console and 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 kind of just be there for him. But yeah, I I fully get it. I fully get it, dude. 
Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. Um, all right. Number three. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is gonna. Oh, it's not contradicting in the it, it, like what you just said, but it, it's a it's a different type of um way. So this one is from Lao Tzu. It is silence is a source of of great strength, and obviously, like silence in in some circumstances is appropriate. Silence in all circumstances isn't necessarily appropriate. Like what you've mentioned, like what it means standing up for people, standing up for yourself. Um, you have to be kind of loud and vocal, but um, have you ever maybe here's a perspective. Have you ever liked somebody until they talk too much <laughs> and kind of like, yes, shown like their true colors. Like you, mm-hmm. you have this idea of uh, this idea of them, this, this, this like a mythology. I, I mean, that not like a mythology, but you just, they, they have this aura and then they just, they talk a, a certain way and, and they kind of like expose themselves for not being a great person or they, they contradict themselves in, in a bad way. Um, this goes back to some of the stuff, you know, the, the, the Tom Brady quote, this, this goes back to the, you know, the, the, the Napoleon quote, I think it has, um, in a sense where, you know, it, it's sometimes silence is, you know, the best because it can, like, it's, it's a, it's like a psychological warfare thing where if you're quiet, if you don't reply to certain something, then there's, there's a certain strength with it because you, other people are like, oh, what, what are they thinking? Uh, it, it, it's that it's, it's also not being braggadocious, which is what I talked about with, you know, a lot of my accomplishments in life, you know, Hey, no, look at me, look at me. It's a sign of weakness. If you're, if other people hype up your accomplishments, it's, it, 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 I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I have this mental psyche where I'm just afraid to be proud of anything sometimes. Uh, like even like, uh, like, when I was typing up my thing for my uncle Pat last week, I felt like weird because I had only met him a couple of times, but I, it's what I felt. Um, but I felt like it, I, I'm talking in circles again, but it's sometimes silence is a, a better way just to not like not be so open about everything. Um, sometimes you got to get stuff off your chest. There's no doubt about it, but it, there's a certain power that comes with silence Mm-hmm. Sometimes a certain mystery um, that comes. I mean, I remember, oh my God, when I first got social media, every little thing that upset me, I run to social media and say, and I would make myself look bad all the time. I still want to punch myself in the kidney for some of the things I said, where it's like, okay, now I just look whiny to everybody and I just shut the hell up <laughs> a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe. Maybe my life would be, maybe I wouldn't contradict myself. Maybe I want to come off hypocritical, maybe this and that. And there's not everything needs to be spoken. Not everything needs to be spoken. That's basically what I'm trying to get to. So silence is a source of great strength from Lao Tzu. Um, it is, you know, a kind of like a, like a mental warfare thing. It's a kind of intrinsic thing. Um, 
there's just, just I like the, the the mystery of silence sometimes. So, um, yeah, that's been number three. Love it. Yeah, quiet is violent a lot of times. Like it's yeah. a, it's very powerful. Yeah. Um, my number two is um a quote by um Patton Oswalt's late wife Allison. Um, I can't remember what her maiden last name is. Um, but he he quotes her at a special of his, and I've used that quote forever since then. And the quote is simply, it, uh, it's chaos be kind, which is 100% true. And it applies to just the randomness of the universe and of life and of the things that you have and how long they may or may not be here. Um, and people get so wrapped up in, you know, material things, political things, things that at the end of the day won't matter too much in the grand scheme of life and that quote has helped me find peace in a lot of different things it's chaos be kind it's chaos be kind you don't know what other people are going through in this like crazy life too so just treat everybody else the way you want to be treated i feel like that's come off a lot on my list but i really stand behind that motto a lot like just treating others fairly and really uh, in the correct way. And I think those four words just really sum it up perfectly. It, it's, it's just such a random, we're on this random ball of energy in the middle of the universe. We don't have time to be like mean or detrimental to one another. So uh, my number two is one that I really stand behind, which is it's chaos, be kind. That's a very good one. I like the way you explained it. Um, yeah, I, especially, you know, the perspective of, hey, you know, you also, you don't know what other people are going to do. Just be kind in general. Mm-hmm. Just be kind in general. So uh, I really like it. I really like it. Thank you, sir. Um, my number two, this one I've seen from Buddha. I've seen from Gandhi. Uh, when the ego dies, the soul awakes is uh is is one ego has been something that i've been working on personally um for a while ego is like i talked about it before but i i felt like i've i've missed out on a lot of life experiences because of ego and pride and all that stuff and ego is this very very difficult thing um that we all deal with uh you know, it, ref, refusing to do something because of a certain belief or refusing to, to associate or talk to somebody because of a certain belief or um, refusing life experiences because of fear. Fear is ego, in my opinion. Uh, ego is like just like this preset, just like everyday philosophy, I don't know the best definition for it, but ego to me feels like this like preset, like mode, like you're like you're a computer and like this preset mode and I'm not going to do this and I, this is what I do and, and, and whatnot. And I feel like working on my ego and just trying to open up in a sense and open up my, my, what I believe in, you know, opening up my, um, what I accept and, and 
you know, I, we're, I feel like people are like, there's like different prejudices. Like people are, are like inherent, like inherit from previous generations, not, not just, not just certain like prejudices towards just things and other thought systems and other beliefs. And I've gotten older and I've seen that, you know, maybe some of those prejudices and beliefs were not right uh, or, or not accurate. Or why did I think that way? And uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's helped me maybe become a little bit more of a likable human being uh, at, at times is just, I'm just constantly trying to squash the ego. I'm trying not to try to be humble always. Um, and, you know, like it, there's every day, like, there's a new opportunity every day to kind of just think a certain way, act a certain way, do, do things a certain way that are unego related. Like, Oh yeah. Your boss asks you for this, you know, for this, to do this, you don't really want to do it, but it's also your job, technically your job and, and, and whatever, um, which is difficult sometimes. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you push away your ego, it's, you, you technically think about it at the, at, the, at the bare base. It's like, oh, well, I get paid to, you know, do what I'm asked to do within limits, within reason. So, uh, so ego is everybody deals with ego issues. It's it's finding out, you know, how to just how to just eliminate it or minimize it. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a messy it's a messy thing. So that is my number two. Love it. We have a lot of good ego checker ones in there. I feel like we do. We we certainly do. It, it's oh man. I mean, I interact. You, I'm sure you do. I interact with so many people who are just so closed minded, ego filled people that don't know how to converse with other folks don't know how to accept other people's differences and it's nauseating and but it always goes back to ego like your ego and pride make you that way and um yeah it's it's true i i i I like reading books on on ego and it's uh it's when you can push it away, you'd be surprised about the way you see the world. And I'm not, I'm not talking directly, just directly to you. I'm talking to everybody listening. For sure, yeah. When, when, when you can push it away, um, when everything that you think you are, when you kind of just wash it away, you, you'll see the world a whole lot differently uh, from from other perspectives, and it's uh, it's it's very enlightening. So, um, so yeah, I love that one. Very nice. All right, on to our number one. Favorite quote? Number one, you're going to be shocked. It comes from Batman in the Batman universe at some point. I know, I know you're, you can't believe I actually it am all. shocked. I actually really am. I did not expect a Batman quote here. Really? But I'm, I'm pleasantly happy that you, you're going this route. Well, it's not, it's not from, uh, from Bruce Wayne specifically. Um, but you'll you'll appreciate the fact that I have this here. It was also my senior quote in high school. So this quote has always just defined everything since the moment I saw this movie. But um it's Harvey Dent's you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Because that's a hundred percent true. You at some point people either 
succumb to all the pressures of being everything they hate and living this life that they hate, or they stick to their morals the rest of their life and they're in a good standing with themselves. And, you know, maybe that's all that matters to them in the best way. You know, being being someone that sticks to a code and sticking to something that they believe in that makes you a good person and in dying on that sword, dying on that shield um, for everything, rather than selling out in, in a sense. I That's one of my biggest fears is selling out and becoming this person that I absolutely don't want to be just so I can have something to gain from it that's that's death in itself right there for me because i all of a sudden i'm not the same person so i would rather be the same person for the rest of my life and have really good morals and really 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 stick to everything i preach um than be this fake person all the time that just adds nothing and contributes nothing to society um yeah always die the hero and I, I think that that is just such an excellent quote. And that's why I put it at my number one for this list. It is a, it is a very good one. I, Harvey Dent's whole angle in, uh, in Dark Knight was like excellent. I love the, the good guy who's kind of, there's a touch of madness to him. And then he finally gets sent over the edge and, uh, and you kind of see, you know, what he becomes, and uh, and and the quote is true. Um, the quote is true. It is so hard to be authentic and yourself in this world, in a world where everybody's kind of telling you what to be. Sell yourself, you know. You should believe in this because everybody says so. Um, it goes to my, you know, it goes to my Sharon Carter quote. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it it connects with that in a sense, but. Yeah. yeah. And can I just say real quick, we talk about like all these people like um Josh Brolin is Thor and you know, we talk about Ledger's Joker. Aaron Eckhart's uh, Harvey Dent and Two Face is one of the best casting decisions ever made in a superhero movie. He yep. was fantastic for that part. He was he was so 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 good, and he's only underappreciated because Heath Ledger is also in that movie. Yes, that's the only reason, and I, he didn't get a very long run as Two Face. I think that's also very disappointing too. Um, it was probably what the last hour, maybe forty five minutes of the movie, where he was really like that guy. Yeah, but, um, which is always unfo- unfortunate with a lot of superhero films. But I, I fully agree that that was a great casting, and he he pulled it off. Way better than Tommy Lee Jones did. Uh, in in uh, was it Batman Forever? Yes, or Batman? Yeah, it was Batman, Batman Forever. Forever. Yeah, yeah. Just a night. I mean, a realistic but just grim take on grim. it. I love that movie so much. It is my number. It's my favorite superhero, well, comic book movie film of all time. Favorite yeah. one. It's so good. All right, this one. Is uh my number one is it maybe it's a phrase, it can be viewed as a phrase, but I view it as a, as a possible quote. It is uh nuke choppy, uh, which is a Latin phrase for now I begin. Uh, it is 
credited to venerable Bruno Lantieri, but the guy I picked it up from um, is my favorite football player of all time, favorite athlete, Philip Rivers. Uh, in 2019, he started at 2019. I noticed that he started wearing a hat that said Nuke Choppy on it. And people would ask him about it. What is Nuke Choppy? And he, 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 he did explain it. Um, Philip being a very, uh, you know, very, very religious person. Um, Cause I think it is attributed to a lot of um, it's, it, it leans more to a religious side, you know, quote, but I think it applies to everything. Now I begin. What does now I begin mean? Um, and I've thought about that a lot. And, and like when he came to the Colts in 2020, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm all in on this. I had this hat custom made. And I was like, this is really cool. Cause no, nobody like, nobody has like, nobody talks about this. And it, it's a, it is a really cool mo- opportunity because every moment in a day is, a, is an opportunity simple as that every moment in a day is an opportunity um to make a choice whether good or bad um and you know i've had to make uh again every day i'm dealing with hundreds of choices dozens dozens hundreds of choices um that could lead me down a you know a, a good decision long term or a bad decision long term. Whether it's been my diet, right? It's been a it's been a struggle of mine for the last year. Whether it's been financial um, stuff. Whether it's been being a, a friend or or whatever. Or again, every 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 day we're faced with moments. Um, and now I begin. You know, just because you're you do something awful one moment doesn't mean, you know, that that defines you forever. You have a chance to change. All right. Whether it's, you know, an hour later, a a day later, a week later, um, a month later, now I begin um, is is a phrase that I have applied, you know, for, uh, I mean, again, over the last three four years and it's 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 done wonders for me um i could sit still to this day and look myself in the mirror and and beat myself up over all the bad choices i've made um all the bad things i've done to people said about people i i could beat myself up about that but um you know the way my life is you know at one point spiraled out of control um or i can say now this is all right that's enough for that now i begin this is this is look how far i've come look how you know look what i can do look what i can be and uh it's 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 done a, it's done absolute wonders for me so i love the quote i'm very glad that uh you know it it happened to come across it uh cuz again i adored philip rivers and it's it's one of those positive um things you can pick up from a celebrity you know some people get bad habits and 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 bad mindsets like like when people perceived yolo as like doing stupid shit (laughs) you know what i mean like what an era to be alive during wow like like licking toilet seat bowls and and, like you see oh yolo and just just doing just stupid stuff um it's one of those just positive things from a a a pretty feisty yet positive 
thinking guy. Um, and I absolutely adore Philip Rivers forever. And uh, I, I love this hat. Yeah. Uh, and I wear if I was into tattoos, it would, it would be something that I get on like a forearm or something. Um, but it's, it's a cool quote. And uh, yeah, just just, I think it's a good reminder, you know, even if you don't, preach the quote all the time it's a good reminder that you know this moment now is is an opportunity to change your life for the better uh you know it always is you, you don't have to be defined by the ugliness of your past so mm-hmm. i so, love it there it is everybody our top 10 quotes we got through it um Want to give a shout out uh, to Eric Miller, who is joining our network, and I th- he he would have been a good one to probably have on this episode. It's just such, such short notice of him joining our network and whatnot. But he has a, a podcast called Motivation U, which he's transferring episodes over slowly. He takes uh, clips, motivational clips and stuff from um, from people who say cool stuff, like the the awesome Jelly Roll um, quote. Oh yeah, uh, for the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror, and and other stuff. And he he explains, and it's 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 really good quality stuff. Uh, fast food horror, which is all stuff that he writes. He's joining our network. I wanted to give him a shout out and uh, and welcome him to it because uh, he's got some fun stuff coming up. And we're very grateful that he's joining our network. So, uh, oh, yeah. Dan gets choice next week. Uh, I'm very sure. excited to hear what you have in mind. Do you have a? Uh, do you want to say it now, or do you want to hold on to it? I sure do. Let's get festive with this next one. We're gonna do the Thanksgiving sides list next Ooh. week. So these are we all have our our stock turkey, um, but I'm interested to see like what else you've experienced over Thanksgiving as far as the dishes you've had an experience in your times because i've had way more than 10 that i could put on this list <laughs> so um yes thanksgiving sides list is going to be next week's topic i am excited oh my god yeah thanksgiving is next week so it yeah. works out perfectly so great choice i'm looking forward to doing it listeners we appreciate you as always um and on behalf of dan and i do you even list